0: and welcome to the Howling Monkey Reads of Comics. Today is Sunday, July 1st, 2018. Let's take a look at what's happening in the funnies together, shall we? I hope everyone's doing great out there in podcast land. Uh, Fourth of July coming up, very exciting. I I know it's this Wednesday, so uh, enjoy your freedom, celebrate our independence from the tyranny of Great Britain, and... um, Watch some fireworks and all that uh very very little known fact about the the treaty that ended the war the revolutionary war is that we did gain our independence, but we were required apparently for the remainder of time to care about british royal weddings so it's you know it's a give and take all right our first comic of the day is art and chip Sansom's the born loser in this episode uh brutus's boss is is uh talking to him and he's he's wearing a smoking jacket, a lavender smoking jacket. So I guess they're at a party at his house. Uh, Brutus is, is wearing a bow tie. Uh, And um, he's holding a glass of wine. The boss says, and he goes, I'm going to educate you on the fine art of wine tasting. And he, and he goes on. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it's like savor the, the bouquet uh, detect notes of cherry, blackberry plum, maybe cedar chocolate and coffee as well, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so Brutus takes a sip and goes, well, what do you think? and he goes i'm sorry chief it it all tastes like spearmint to me and the boss goes well you should take the chewing gum out of your mouth when you taste wine the joke here is that um that brutus is uh is chewing some spearmint gum apparently and that is affecting the flavor of the wine so of course of course he can't detect the various things therein what a what a loser, that guy. It truly is. Our next comic of the day is the Griswells. In this episode, the bear and the uh, porcupine are walking along in the woods, and the bear goes, Well, I'm faced with a real conundrum. And the porcupine goes, Yeah, me too. Those things are all over the park these days. What? The joke... I think the joke here is that, of course, a conundrum is a problem or something like that. Uh, but it... But... Uh, I guess the porcupine's running into drums all over the park because people are littering parks with drums. I I, I think they're just trying to make a joke out of the word conundrum and are hoping that we won't notice that, uh, it's unusual for people to find conundrums or drums of lying around the park, I think, or, or maybe that's, uh, I don't, man, I don't know what they're trying to do there, but Porcupine's concerned because he finds conundrums all over the park. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a dirty joke, actually. Talking about, uh, surely not. Surely it's not what I think it might be. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna dignify that by explaining that to you because because this is a family podcast, and and literally only one family listens to it. Our next comic of the day is Jumpstart, starring Joe and Marcy, it now says. In this episode, Joe is uh, is, is jogging with his friend. No, I'm sorry, it's not Joe. Let me rephrase yeah, I'm wrong. Uh, somebody, Marcus, is jogging with his friend Del Rey. And I know that because Marcus says, I've been thinking, Del Rey. And Del Rey goes, me too, Marcus. And then they both say, it's time to make some changes in my life. And then... Uh, All right, and then in the next several panels, various people are visiting various people. uh, Like somebody's going, I'm back mother. The next one, I'm back mom. I'm back ma. And then finally, somebody's going into a hotel room with an elderly lady and goes, I'm back Eunice. Uh, Maybe if you were steeped in the mythos of Jumpstart, you would know who all these people are. And why it's startling, and then when it says I'm back, Eunice, Eunice's eyes are bugged wide open, and she's clutching her blanket in terror for some reason uh, at at this woman showing up saying I'm back. Uh, but I don't know who, who I don't know who she is, and I don't know why that's scary. So sorry, alas, I have failed you in interpreting Jumpstart. Our next comic of the day is Greg Evans' perennial Luann. In this episode, Luann and her dog Puddles are sleeping in in Luann's bed. And then uh, the dog Puddles suddenly leaps up and starts barking for several panels. Uh, Luann wakes up. The dog does a small woof and then uh, goes back to sleep. And Luann is wide awake. Joke here is that dogs, that dogs are jerks. All right, our next comic of the day is The Argyle Sweater by Scott Hilburn. In this episode, there is a mime lying on a table in a funeral parlor. Not, pretend, and his hands are up, like as up against the wall. So it's like he's doing the the, the box thing, except it's supposed to be a coffin. Get it? It's, he's a mime. And you know he's a mime because he's got that white clown makeup, the, uh, the the striped white and black shirt, and the, the beret. The, the Marcel Marceau version of mimes, as opposed to the Shields and Yarnell version of mimes and um anyway the uh, minister or the, the speaker or whatever he is says uh, we're here to honor a great mime um but before the eulogy let's have a moment of non-silence and then all the mimes in the audience well there's three mimes and a clown okay so well, the, then they, they make various noises like yay 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 auga uh, zaba yaba, zing and farfagnugan uh the joke here is that at many funerals or memorial services you have a moment of silence, but because they are mimes, they have a moment of non silence because that would be more mean you that would be more meaningful, you see, because normally mimes are silent and therein lies the rub. Our next comic of the day is Mama by Mel Lazarus. In this episode, Francis, the uh the, the wastrel son uh, goes, Hey, is talking to Mama and says, Hey, my, guess what my boss said to me today? He named me Employee of the Month. And Mama is is stunned. And she goes, Really? Are you sure? And then he goes, Yes, yeah, sure am. And she goes, well, well, wait, did he say anything else? And uh, Francis goes, Yeah. Well, wait, are you leaving out some words, Francis? And, uh, he, and he goes, Oh, yeah, I, I left out the first word, which was, I don't know, something like laziest. And then Mom says, Could have been worse. The joke here is that his boss called him the laziest employee of the month, but he, he only heard employee of the month, which is a good thing. But to be called the laziest employee of the month would be a bad, bad thing. And mom, mama who has a low regard for her son believes something worse could have been, could have been said about Francis. So there you go. Our next comic of the day is Slylock Fox. Uh, and in this, okay, it's, these are like little mysteries. There's all sorts of things that go on with the Slylock Fox comic, like a little, you know, see the differences thing and so on and so forth. And I'm not going to go through all this, but in, the, in this, I'm going to just go through the mystery, the original mystery in the Slylock Fox. In this episode, Slylock Fox has burst into somebody's house uh, with, and behind him is a rabbit with a crying baby rabbit. Uh, and sitting at the table is this, what looks like a hobo? Uh, you've got like a shabby-looking fellow with a uh, with a, a scrunched-up hat and a, a, a green coat. And on the table is some jiggling jello. And um, oh, oh, he's a shrew. The guy's a shrew. Okay, the guy eating the jello is a shrew. Uh, and according to uh, the, the comic, Mrs. Rabbit claims Shady Shrew stole her son's jello. Shady says he's innocent claims he decided to make and eat the jello because his refrigerator is broken and all his other food was spoiled well slylock fox knew he was lying can you figure out how uh and then so i'll give you a little time here to figure out the mystery you have all the clues you need to solve this one ready go ahead i'm just gonna wait how did slylock fox know shady shrew stole the rabbit's jello all right, we're out of time. Uh, the answer is is that, and I'm going to just read the solution. After Jello powder is mixed in boiling water, it needs to be cooled in the refrigerator until firm. The shrew could not have successfully made Jello without a working refrigerator. Aha! The shrew is caught in a web of lies, as shrews often are. So that's your Slavic Fox mystery. And again, I'm not going to tell you everything else in this in this comic, because there's a lot going on in here, but, but there's an instructive, uh, cartoon of how to draw Mr. Hot Dog. (laughs) It's four steps. One, draw a hot dog. Two, add stick arms and legs to it. And, and, uh, circles and a a mouth. And then, uh, add, uh, like a, a, make the arms bigger and the legs bigger. And then finally, you, you color it in, and you've got Mr. Hot Dog, who is a deranged hot dog, just a dancing. So, there you go. <sighs> Our next comic of the day is Mutts by Patrick McDonald. In this episode, uh, the cat and the dog are go up to a deli. Uh, there's a sign that says, no shirt, no shoes, no service. And in the next panel, they are standing in front of the butcher or the deli man, and they are wearing shirts and shoes hoping they can obtain service. But they cannot because they are animals. Our next comic of the day is Blondie by Earl Young and former Supreme Court Justice John Marshall. In this episode, uh, Dagwood opens the door and there's a guy out there that says, hey, uh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll paint your house for half my usual rate. And uh, Dagwood goes, well, I know somebody that would jump in an offer that good. And uh, the guy goes, oh, really? Who is it? Uh, it's my neighbor, uh, Herb Woodley. He lives next door. And uh, the guy goes, Herb Woodley? Hey, he just told me you'd jump at that offer. And then Dagwood looks upset. And he goes inside and go, tells to Blondie, hey. And Blondie, by the way, the, in their living room, their chairs are set up so that Blondie... So uh, Dagwood's got a blue chair that faces forward. Blondie sits on a chair that is with the back to that blue chair so that she has her back to Dagwood while he sits in his blue chair looking at I don't know what either one of them are doing. But that's the arrangement in their house, because they don't care for each other, apparently. Uh, But anyway, Dagwood says, You won't believe the dirty trick that Herb just pulled on me. And the joke here is that Dagwood is a horrible hypocrite, because he just tried to pull the same trick on Herb, and therefore his character flaws are laid bare for us all to see. All right, our next comic of the day is Curtis by Ray Billingsley. In this episode, Curtis is buying a ticket for the movie theater. For a movie, at the at the movie theater. And uh, he says to the the guy in the, uh, the cell, and he goes, boy, I hope this movie lives up to his hype. And the guy goes, oh, it sure does. I've seen it 15 times. Can I tell you how it ends? Uh, it's so great. I can't stop telling everybody how it ends. Um, and then he says that ever since Edna left me and took our poodle cat, my life has been movies, movies, movies. And then he laughs maniacally for two panels and then goes, I'll let you in at half price. If you let me tell you how it ends and Curtis goes, ah, you're a monster. I won't listen. Then we, we do a, we cut to a medium shot of the ticket booth and, uh, Curtis is just standing there. The guy who's sold the tickets there and the other woman in the ticket booth is just holding up a sign that says help. And then in the final panel, Curtis is sitting in the movie theater, apparently alone. There doesn't appear to be anyone else in this movie, and he just says, Poodle Cat, huh? Um, Alright, let's unpack this a little bit. The, the joke here, I guess, is that um, there's a very lonely man who likes to tell people about how movies end. His coworker does not like him. Uh, uh, Curtis has gone to a movie that no one else wants to see. And he's concerned because the man said that he had a Poodle Cat. Which is not an actual creature. It is because poodles are not cats poodles are dogs and therein lies the joke of that so there's a lot going on uh, about, about this Curtis does not want to listen to how the movie ends and nobody wants to talk to this guy and Curtis is seeing an unpopular movie and he does not understand poodle cat our next comic of the day is Hagar the Horrible by Dick Brown there's no C in this episode, Hagar says, hey, I've got sharp pains in my back. He's talking to a doctor. Uh, and we know it's true because there are stars emanating from his back. And then the doctor walks around him and goes, ah, mystery solved. Because Hagar has has uh, two arrows in his back. Uh, so that would hurt. That would be a sharp pain, right? You get an arrow in your back, that's a sharp, sharp pain. Anyway, uh, the doctor starts going, well, I'm, I'm going to have to cut the arrows out uh you know, they're pretty deep. And the Hagar goes, well, that's going to hurt. Are you going to put me to sleep? And the guy goes, no, no, fear not. And he holds up a bottle of rum. And it says rum. And it's got skull and crossbones on it. And so we know it's rum because it says it's rum. It has the skull and crossbones indicating rum. And the doctor says it is rum. So it is it is clearly rum. And he goes, this rum will put you out. And Hagar gets excited. goes, I get to drink that? And the doctor goes, not exactly. And then bonks him on the head. And he literally does bonk him on the head, and it says bonk coming off the bottle. And that causes three stars to shoot out of Hagar's head, which is more than the stars that were in his back uh, by one, by a factor of one. Well, I know, there, there are 50% more stars as a result of the doctor's work. Uh, and it also causes um, Hagar's pupils to go from a dot to becoming a plus sign. The joke the joke here is that Hagar thought he was gonna to get to drink rum, which would until he passed out because he's a he's a drunkard. Uh but the doctor had a more efficient method of using the brum bottle which was to smash him on the head with it. To bonk him, rather, on the head with it, which is probably against the Hippocratic oath. All right, the next uh, comic of the day is Crankshaft by Badia and Um uh, in this episode, I'm I'm going to skip the pre-joke because it's not funny, nor is it worth explaining. But there are two guys playing checkers, Crankshaft and somebody else. And uh, the other guy goes, hey, did you hear the latest? The city's thinking about adding high-speed fiber within the city limits. And uh, Crankshaft says, so what is high-speed fiber anyway? And don't say it's when you chug the Metamucil. <sighs> the joke here is that high-speed fiber... Is of course how fiber optics that many cities now have for for their internet service, but but another use of the word fiber is the fiber that you can you in part of your diet that will help you have regular bowel movements. Uh, and uh, crankshaft didn't want to hear that hear that nonsense while he was playing checkers. So that's a joke. There is it's a word with multiple meanings r hi oh boy, it's a family circus by Bill Keen in this episode. Um, all right. Vel is in a color blob talking to Billy, and she says, all right, Billy, go to bed. And then we cut back, and she's actually standing in his room, and the colors are not the same as the blob she was in previously. And she goes, and you go right to sleep. Remember, we, we go on vacation tomorrow. Um... And then, oh my god! And then Billy has like a thought balloon with all the the things that he might see on vacation. You know, like an airplane and various sights and flags. I think for some reason, uh, what, what I'm trying to get a grip on what these are. It's uh, souvenirs, okay? Souvenirs is a sky, a, a vista of a skyline, standing in front of a statue, jumping in a pool. Those kind of things. And Billy is wide-eyed, just super wide-eyed. And he goes, gosh, I don't know when it's harder to go to sleep. The night before vacation or the night before Christmas. The joke here is that it's hard for kids to sleep when they've got something exciting happening the next day. Like vacation or waking up to open their presents on Christmas. And that's it. That's the, the, It's not a joke in any traditional sense of the word joke. It's an observation That, man, I wonder, like, if there are, if, uh, I know people cut out the family circus and put it on their refrigerator sometimes. I can't imagine this one making the cut. I just don't see anybody going, oh, it's so true. It's so true. Because the people who are doing this live in Minnesota, I'm guessing. I don't know why. I'm just, and that was a terrible Minnesota accent. I understand that. But I still am going to do it again and go, oh, it's so true there. The kids, they just like the vacation. I don't know. Look, I don't know what that voice was it was terrible, you can write me letters telling me it was terrible, and I will not disagree. But what I will agree with is that the Family Circus this week was more terrible than that accent. Finally today, Andy Cap is drunk. This program is brought to you by Law Dog Productions, LLC. We're on the web at howlingmonkeyradio.com where you can find our other shows and content. You can also learn about ways to support our efforts there. You can reach us through our email address, info at howlingmonkeyradio.com.